Hello, everybody. My World of Warcraft started downloading an update, and I'm ready to host the podcast. I'm Matt. This is the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we talk about Blizzard and its games, and I'm going to just introduce him immediately. Hey, Mitch, what's going on this week? Oh, hey. Um, here's the storm. You're back, I'm, by the way. I am back. I hope you missed me, but also enjoyed Alex's presence. But oh, also, what? I hope you missed me. One of those things, I guess. You can guess <laughs> which one. my mom said. <laughs> Your mom enjoyed Alex's presence? <laughs> I said one of those things. Didn't clarify which. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Also, well, you're playing Heroes of the Storm. You're playing Alexstrasza, right? Yeah, she just came out today. Um, I believe you described fun. her on Twitter as a frick load of fun. Frick ton? Frick ton, ah, yes. Frick-ton. Is that metric or imperial? Do you know? I prefer metric. It's the scientific unit of everything. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so Alexstrasza is in Heroes. Will you give us a quick, like, real fast, like a one-sentence review. Uh... Uh, dragon. Okay, that's not a sentence, but we'll we'll accept it. That's a sentence. Uh, uh, uh dragon is not a sentence. With that's us this week sentence, also, uh, she actually could probably come up with a sentence for that because that wasn't one. Anne, Anne Stickney, what do you have to Anne? Super OP, likely to be nerfed soon. Yes, that, no, yeah, that's a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that kind of works with every new release hero. That was, well, that's why I don't even know any. I don't play this game. I just know how it works. <laughs> Yeah, she is. She is pretty OP. You can add that caveat to almost any new Overwatch hero, too. Super OP, likely to be nerfed soon. (laughs) Didn't they even announce that from Moira? Uh, I believe when they... O-P-A-F? Yeah. Well, that's how you spell her name. Morheim Morheim said that her name was spelled O-P-A-F. And uh, yeah, I, I... Just from the bits that I've seen of her, like on various streams and things like that, mm-hmm, I can see where that comes into play. And also how she will be getting a nerf soon. Because <laughs> that's what they do in these games. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Uh, nothing much so far. Just like around the house stuff. I realized um, yesterday that Thanksgiving is next week. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the yeah. one that cooks Thanksgiving dinner, so it's probably a good thing that I've realized this now. Oh, bugger. Yeah. Um, I, it's okay, though, because on my list of things to do this week is contact my relatives and see if they're actually going to be attending Thanksgiving. But given that they haven't actually gotten in touch with me, I'm going to say no, and they will probably be here for Christmas, which is fine. Um, I, I prefer a quiet Thanksgiving with just, like, myself, my siblings, my dad, my nephews. existed. Huh? They didn't know quiet Thanksgiving has existed. Well, I use the term quiet in like a kind of a relative term. It's that I know everybody <laughs> that's going to be attending. Are there. Uh, I get it. <laughs> Good one, Anne. That, there wasn't Wait a, a pun intended a pun. there. I'm so proud of Mitch, you. no. Let <laughs> her talk, darn you. <laughs> Can we get Alex back? No. also <laughs> <laughs> what my mom said. In, in case of pun emergency, break glass, release Alex. <laughs> release Alex. <laughs> no puns on his watch. <laughs> no. Um I don't I don't mind actually having the immediate family around for Thanksgiving because uh there's no relatives that might disapprove over any shenanigans that my sister and I get up to in terms of, hey, what kind of crazy drink can we make for this year's shindig? <laughs> That's right. You guys make some pretty good stuff. We do. <laughs> and I'm not sure what we're going to do this year. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. Maybe something with like hazelnut liqueur. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of going down the list here. <laughs> well, while Anne contemplates terrifying alcoholic beverages, the likes of which you can't imagine, mm-hmm. and Mitch makes terrible jokes and sentences that are one word and some grunts. I didn't, I didn't make um, a joke. Anne made it. I just laughed. I was, I was playing uh, some season 12 over in Diablo 3 and yeah, I yeah. I literally am nothing but a screaming ball of rage that spins around and kills things via spinning. What's, what's your Diablo character like, though? That's it. That, that it was... is a manifestation of my pure soul. <laughs> I am this thing. This thing is me. It's If I could go through my life and every time I had a problem, I could just spin until it went away, I would do it. Because you'd get to be dizzy all the time, which is fun, and problems would go away. Neither of those things happens much in my life, and, and quite frankly, my life is poorer for it. But yeah, Diablo Diablo 3 Season 12 is out. It's fun. If you like Diablo, it's more of the same Diablo you love. And Blizzard, if you could make more Diablo, that'd be great. Uh, so yeah, let's 
Let's talk about top stories. We're still kind of reeling from BlizzCon because there's still all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, one thing, uh, Hallow's End ended yesterday for Heroes of the Storm? Uh, this morning. This morning. Okay, so that's yeah. over. If you were trying to do Hallow's End in, in Heroes of the Storm, stop because you can't. Did either it, of you guys do the Moonkin Festival in World of Warcraft over the no. weekend? It nope. was super cute. I did I think it. I did it last year. I got I, jealous, actually. I was really kind of... You didn't of, do it last year because it didn't exist last year. It didn't? No. Something... Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the uh, hippogriff. Probably. Yeah, you're probably thinking of the hippogriff thing. No, I was... I, someone made the point that the Moonkin Festival was like basically a balanced druid festival and they need to have one for every class and spec and i was sitting there imagining trying to match what the warrior ones would be i'm like the warrior ones are all just going to be like being mad spin in a circle and scream at things yeah it's like you know <laughs> come to this carousel where the where the spinning thing is you and now you scream at things yay why do we go to this party every year but yeah, no, I was I was very jealous of the Moonkin Festival. They got a it festival. was Shadow Priest would get to sacrifice things. It was really cute because there wasn't a whole lot of like instruction per se. You did like a little series of quests where you kind of sat in on Moonkin lessons, and there were they, it was like they danced, and then in another area they did Moonfire, and in another area they all just like took a nap, which was that was my favorite area because napping is great. Um, mm-hmm. isn't it though? <laughs> isn't it just anyway? So when you finish all of that, you go back to the other, the, the like big Kahuna Moonkin, whose name I forget because the festival was really important, guys. Anyway, and uh, you turn in that quest, and all of a sudden you had like a little baby Moonkin that was going to follow you around for like <laughs> twenty four hours. So it was like, oh, cute. Well, when you talk to him, it was like, I want berries. You're like, oh, okay. It, there was no quest or anything. It just said berries, berries. So you went and got a berries because why not? And when you gave him five of those, all of a sudden you had a second moonkin with you. And the two of them lasted for two days. And this time they were oh. like, hey, you need to like save our friend or whatever. So you kill like these satyrs and they dropped things that was like a purifying thing. Then you take it down into one of the barrow dens to save a dude and come back out and beat up a really. By the time you're done with all of this, you have five of these little moonkins that are following you around for like five days it's it's not it's just like a cosmetic thing they're just following you around and they moonkin stuff when you attack it they like moonfire on things i don't think they actually do any damage it's just like a spell effect thing but it's cute because it's like oh the little babies are trying to help me out thanks little babies <laughs> that that sounds really cool actually i part of the reason i didn't do it was because i thought it was a past event that had already happened so yeah oops no, but I mean, straight up, I've been playing a ton of Diablo, and not I miss a lot of the micro events, to be honest, or micro holidays. Yeah, I, just, I need to play more WoW again, but I've been really stuck in the other games. So, Qualin yeah. in the chat channel says, "Sounds like a hoot." Ha ha ha! Oh gosh, <laughs> it was. It really so was. <laughs> okay, that just made me think of Woodsy the Owl. So we're gonna move on. Um, one thing that has mm-hmm. been kind of mm-hmm. controversial lately uh, in gaming in general is the concept of microtransactions and loot boxes. Uh, people don't yeah. like them. And we should point out then, therefore, you will be relieved to know that there are not going to be any loot boxes in Battle for Azeroth. Uh, if they've, they've not said they're never, ever, ever going to do them. But for, for World of Warcraft right now, there is no plan to do any kind of random chance loot box where you spend real money or WoW gold and get a box. And maybe it's got something you want and maybe you don't. They're, they're just not going to do that. That's wow has world... plenty of... That's not how World of Warcraft was designed originally, anyway. Yeah, and it's yeah. got plenty. Of, there's plenty of randomization in WoW. If you want a random chance, you might get something you want. World of Warcraft is already the game for you. Guess what? <laughs> that's what everything is ever. I don't really like. That's the thing about World of Warcraft is that these items that drop, and it's like, oh, here's an item, and you click it, and it'll give you something random, and maybe it'll be the thing you want, or maybe it'll be that thing that you don't want. We don't care. It's random, and I'm tired of the random stuff. Like, I would just like to know what I'm getting when I kill a thing. I mean, is that too much to ask? <laughs> I, I, I appreciate... You're darn right it is. I appreciate the tokens. I appreciate the armor tokens as like a catch-up mechanism for alts and things like that. I just... It feels like they've permeated the game so much in Legion that it's like impossible to farm a single piece of loot 
you can't just farm a piece of loot. What you have to do is you have to farm the stupid little token that may or may not give you the piece of loot in between all of the other pieces of loot that it might also give you. So you're just going to be there forever waiting. I do think it's it's weird that you have that thing where you basically you know it's going to be a shoulder piece, but good luck. But good luck <laughs> with one, you know? Yeah, who knows what shoulder pieces are going to be. And yeah, that that's strange. just, it's kind of, it's frustrating. I don't know. I, I just, it's frustrating because if I want a piece of vanilla gear or a piece of gear from like Wrath or something like that, like for transmog or whatever, I know what boss I have to go hunt down and kill to get that item. And it may or may not drop on a daily basis or it may or may not drop on a weekly basis if, if it's in a raid, right? But at least I know that somewhere on that loot table of, you know, 15, 20 items, however many that boss happens to drop, that item is there and it will drop eventually. But farming a token, it's like, okay, I have to grind up all the stuff to go buy the token and then once I get the token, I have to click the token and if the token doesn't give me the right thing, then I have to vendor whatever it gave me and then start the process all over again. And it's just, it's frustrating. To, it, to be fair, it's mechanical. Think, it feels I mechanical. I think a lot of the token stuff is boss drops. So it's just kind of, at least in some of the cases, it's just an extra way to farm a boss. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about choice. like specifically right now, I'm talking about um, on Argus, you collect the, what the heck are those rocks? Ar- Ar- Agar- 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 the whatever, the purple ones. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, you get them out of loot boxes and you get them off the rare mobs and stuff. You get them all over the place and you have to collect 650 of them to buy a token for a thing that might or not might or may or may not turn into the thing that you would like it to turn into. <laughs> for me, yeah, those but are much those, better because those tokens I, I don't you go buy in looking them. for uh, a specific drop. I just want a piece that's item level is higher than what I already have. So they're yeah. useful for that. If you're actually trying to get, say, your your set piece yeah. from those things, because they do drop set pieces, then, yeah, yeah, you're in for a long, frustrating slog. Yeah. Yeah, it, absolutely. But at least we have to know there will not be actually any paid loot boxes. So, yeah. There's, well, that's, that's, that's the that's thing, good. though. You know, when people talk about loot boxes and getting upset about loot boxes, Blizzard has never really been one of those companies where I've been, like, annoyed with the idea of loot boxes because the way that they approach it both in Heroes and in Overwatch is that the things that you get out of loot boxes they're purely cosmetic they've got nothing to do with gameplay you don't have to like participate in the loot box system to play better in the game it's just something that kind of comes along on the side there like I made this point in discord chat and the staff immediately started jumping on Hearthstone but I, I don't I don't know. To me, that's well, different. Well, and Hearthstone's kind of the same thing too, though. I mean, yes, you get cards from Hearthstone, like you can you can buy card packs for Hearthstone, but that's how Hearthstone was created and designed, and it's a different yeah. style of game. It's it's like it's a card game. That's how yeah. card games are have. I think that's how the card games have always gone. Is like you buy packs for the card game, whatever. But the thing is, is like you can buy the card packs or you can earn the card packs by playing the game. Okay, you don't get as many cards as quickly if you're just like playing the game to earn your card packs. You definitely have a definitive advantage if you go buy your card packs and fill out your decks and all of that other stuff. But again, it's a card game. That's kind of how they go. I'm talking about yeah. games where it's like, you know, an MMO or it's like heroes where, you know, you're you're playing competitively or Overwatch where you're playing in a shooter or whatever. What you get in a loot box isn't going to affect how well you play Tracer. Okay, so question for you guys then. Sure. I, I know they're not adding them, um, but if WoW were to add them and have it be you have a chance of getting um, transmog gear, like gear that you can't farm elsewhere, or maybe gear you can farm elsewhere, a mix of both. How would you feel about that since it's still technically cosmetic and along the same lines? I would be absolutely infuriated because World of Warcraft was not designed that way. I just straight up don't want them in the game, period. No, and I agree. I'm just, you know, curious. Because here's the thing, because as a transmog farmer, I would then feel the need to try and farm up gold to buy loot boxes or farm up actual, you know, cash money to try and increase my chances of getting certain transmog looks, and that's not acceptable to me. That's the same reason I don't want classic servers to link back to, you know, new oh, God, current servers. Terrible. 
because I don't want people to be like, oh, now I have to try and find a raid guild on Classic to get into Nax, to get back the shoulders I DE'd back in the day because I never knew they'd let us actually have Transmog, and now I need to get those shoulders back. I don't want that. If they do that, I, but I don't think they're going but to. We should also talk about another thing we know about for Battle for Azeroth, which is that this is not going to be one of those expansions with a lot of class changes. They Yay. said that they're not, they're not going to, it's not going to be like, I think Warlords was a really good example of this. Both both Mists and Warlords had pretty substantial class changes when you went sort of from Legion. expansion to expansion. Legion did too, but not as much. Legion still kind of followed the the Warlords formula to a degree. Yeah, the but Legion, in, you look at Legion. Legion like overhauled every class though. It overhauled a lot of classes. I mean, that's where they introduced Outlaw. That's and where they insanity. introduced. They did like a whole thing with Hunters. They did a whole thing with Shadow Priests. They did a whole thing. Like they... They reworked a lot of people, and I think that a lot of the reason that they did that, though, was because they introduced the Demon Hunter class, so they kind of had to, like, I mean, they're going to have to, like, fit that one in there for balance anyway, and balance everything else around it, so it seems like it would be a good time to adjust all these other things that need adjusting, since they're already working on one thing anyway. Plus, if they revamp everything like they did in Legion, it means that they're kind of set with their vision hopefully, at least for future expansions, like in this case. Yeah. Seems like they've, yeah, that seems to be the case that they've decided that the the formula they came up with in Mists and have kept going since, because they've done pretty big revamps every expansion since Mists. Mists was a huge revamp because that's when they developed the new talent system. The new talent trees, yeah. And that's, if you think about from that to Warlords, where they started the, the ability pruning in Warlords. And then, you know, as you pointed out, they they did a lot of stuff in Mists, in, in, not in Mists, in Legion to... uh. Well, here's one example that comes to my mind off the top of my head. The class fantasy debate, which we've had going right. this entire expansion. The idea of trying to get back to class fantasy and what does that mean and why does that why does that mean well, we now have a spec that, outlaw, you know, yeah, that sort of thing. I was gonna say it's part of it is the class fantasy thing and I think that part of it too was that they wanted to make sure that each spec felt like a different thing. Because I know for rogues anyway assassination combat subtlety all three of them were kind of six of one half dozen of the other combat was the one that you used if you wanted to use something that wasn't a dagger and it had like a slightly different combat system to it but it worked mechanically and felt kind of the same way as assassination or even as sub they you know you could go from one to the other without feeling like you were too terribly different or distinct. And now they've kind of got that whole distinct vision type thing with the three different specs. Um, and they did the same thing. I mean, they did the same thing with priests too, because shadow shadow is very much its own animal now. And it's kind of like got this history behind it that it didn't have before. Whereas, you know, back in vanilla, it was, you pick shadow if you'd like to be ridiculously OP. And if you'd like to be super ridiculously OP, you play a forsaken shadow priest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they, they have done big, uh, overhauls in one degree or another, each expansion, but this time around they've said, Nope, we're not really doing that. We're focusing more on utility and minor tweaks to what we already have. Like the things we've noticed that they've they're bringing back some class buffs like Battle Shout or uh, the Hunter one, the True Shot or whatever it's called. So things like that um, are getting brought back. Are because they, they, are they bringing well, back Mark of the Wild and Fortitude? They're bringing I back don't... Fortitude. The in terms of the like, this is what each class gets buff. The Hunter was actually aspect of the pack. Oh, they're bringing that back. It was a speed buff to your group. Yeah, but it didn't have the slowing effect as far as I'm aware. <gasps> yeah, because it's it's more like Stampede was. I would yeah. very much like to have Fortitude back, and I would like to have Mark of the Wild back, because that was one of my favorite things. Fortitude is back. Running around, buffing other people for no good reason, just because it was a button to hit on my board while I w- or on my keyboard while I was bored. It's like, here, as you of, get a buff, and you right get a buff. Now, I'm like the Oprah of Shadow Priests. Everybody gets yeah. a buff. <laughs> as of right now, though, the way it's working is each class has one buff, and it doesn't overlap. So like before, um, I think two expansions ago, Warlocks could give stamina. And so could so priests. So could warriors. Yeah, yeah. More than, more than just priests. But now it's going to be priests give the stamina buff. And that's it. So they're basically going back to where they were before they mucked with it and decided to make it so multiple classes could cast the same thing so that, you know, It'll you would more feel like obligated to just take a priest with you to every raid because they're the ones yeah. with fortitude and you need that. Yeah. So it's it's So we've gone in a circle, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like, they legit came out and said... They're okay going back a little bit on the homogenization. Is this what but... Medivh meant when he said the circle was near completion? 
Oh. <laughs> he was talking about class balance. He, he was talking about Mark of the Wild and Fortitude the whole time. We didn't know about oh, it. Oh, meta. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, nothing... We know they're not going to be doing any major changes. Don't expect them to like suddenly add a fourth spec to your class or anything like that. See, uh, and I'm okay. To... I'm okay with this. Um, I like this, but at the same time, I play an assassination rogue, and we rarely get changes that are major anyway. So it's like, okay, yeah. more of the same. Cool. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm kind the of last expansion. They the last expansion they basically took away some stuff from warriors that were pretty big. So I'm a little. I've wanted them to bring back uh, the gladiator stance for a while and then that's not like that happened mm-hmm. they took stances out i doubt stances are going to come back so yeah there's some good and bad to it but Do my main thing is like yeah sometimes i don't like the changes they make sometimes i really like the changes they make and i'm definitely happy with where shadow is right now but i kind of look forward to expansions as you know a time for what's going to happen in my class what am i going to feel like and i always stick with shadow no matter what happens so i guess maybe i'm an exception there but not having those major changes is kind of like, all right, I know I'm happy with what I have now, but that's it. Yeah. Well, one well, thing. Oh, sorry, Han. Mitch, that's that's what playing an assassination rogue has been like for the past like three, four expansions. Which is why it's been a perfect alt. Like we <laughs> we we never really get any major changes, so it's like you know, hearing yeah. that we're not getting any major changes, it's like okay, well, more of the same. All right. I mean, but one I'm thing. Not... Yeah. Mm. Go sorry. ahead. I was just going to say, one thing that we can, should talk about then is that fact that um, we now kind of have an idea of what's happening to our artifacts. One of the things we're going to see in the next expansion, Battle for Azeroth, is you know, the artifacts are going away. We know that. They've uh, talked about there's going to be a new artifact in the expansion, but that's not really important to this. We've gotten used to artifacts in Legion. Um, we've, we've all got one for our various specs. You know, every, you know Demon Hunters only have two, uh, Druids have four, and everybody else has three. And they're going to be be going away at the end of this expansion. They haven't said exactly how. And one of the things they haven't really talked about yet for sure, they've mentioned that they know some classes and some specs really, the the abilities from the uh, artifact are pretty essential to them. Like one of the things my wife always brings up is how am I going to play a Beastmaster Hunter going back to just one pet? Like it it feels wrong. The second pet feels like a part of the spec now it doesn't feel like the weapon it feels like it's just what beast mastery hunters do so they have talked about that when the when the artifacts go away there are some abilities that are going to get rolled into talents or abilities for classes i i'm going to ask this to you guys do you have a particular artifact ability you you feel like you can't give up that has to become uh, part of your your class or spec? shadow basically has the void torrent ability well it has void bolt i guess no never mind void torrent is the only thing specific to the weapon and I like having that because it's it's really strong. Like the damage per execute time is really high. Um, but it's a it's a channel with a one minute cooldown, and if it gets interrupted at any point, you're out of luck. Like you, you just lose out on one of your biggest damage per execute time abilities. And as cool as it looks, and as nice it is to have that, I don't. I wouldn't hate it being gone, mostly because you know the pitfalls of it. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing it replaced with Devouring Plague, cough, cough, uh, but not really. Like, I, I'm going to miss Naifu whispering me, that's for sure. Like, honestly, I'll probably miss that the most. And? Um, well, as I've said before a couple of times here, I play an assassination rogue, and our big artifact ability is, oh, here, stab a thing and poison it with a lot of poison all at once. Yay. And the poison just gets it hits harder. I get. I don't know. It it never really... It was just an extra button for me to hit where it was like, oh, I'm going to go bananas and hit all my cooldowns at once. Let's hit this knife thing too while we're here. You know, it <laughs> it, it didn't hold any kind of like significance except... This knife thing. This knife thing, yeah. It didn't hold any significance except, oh, hey, I'm suddenly producing a lot more numbers and this is fantastic. Like, that's that's all I really cared about. I will say, though, on my Hunter... The thought of Hattie going anywhere, like going away, hits me hard because I'm used to having Lightning Wolf around and not having Lightning Wolf around is going to feel really, really weird. And it's got nothing to do with the weapon because, I mean, the weapon, yeah, I could get rid of the weapon or whatever, but Hattie's my buddy. Where's Hattie going to go? <laughs> someone, Callan points out, subtlety rogue dagger immunity from fall damage. Yeah, that's something... Uh, I, I don't play sub on my rogue that often, but like 
that's a big thing. Uh, I, I get so used to levitate on my priest, and that's a button I have to click that I sometimes miss. Yeah. If I could just jump off of things right now and not have to worry about it, uh, that would be something that would definitely be hard to get uh, get over with. Like, just I forget think, that I don't have that. Yeah, I think Hattie is really the only thing that like hits me in a oh, I don't want that to go away because Hattie's not a weapon. It's my puppy. It's been following me around. I've been taking care of Hattie. Hattie's been good to me. You know, it, it's like we're, we're we're like this, and you can't see what I'm doing, but I'm like crossing my fingers because we're like this. You know, maybe maybe they'll give you a, an epic quest where you have to send Hattie to the farm. No, <laughs> I don't want that. It's it's sort of like okay, you Literally know how ridiculous you, you know how ridiculous I was about how when we found Dog on the farm in Miss Pandaria yes. and I was insistent yeah. that Dog needed to go to Warlords with us because we saved Dog, so Dogs should be with us, and I was insistent upon it in, in Legion too, I was like, Dog needs to go with us and Dog showed up eventually in the pet shop, they aren't actually with us, which I think is I'm not happy with that. Egregious. I want Dog to be I, I, I'm going to point this out. I want Dog to be a non-combat pet. Not a battle pet. I don't want to fight with Dog because Dog's been through enough already. I've saved Dog. I would like Dog by my side all of the time. And a non-combat pet version of or, Dog would make me very happy. So you can have Dog and a non-combat pet. Or yeah, a or a toy or something like that. That would also make me happy. But like Hattie... How do you go through like this whole quest chain thing and Hattie is one of those things that comes along with your weapon, but you don't really think about Hattie himself or herself, however you want to look. I don't know. Thunderdog. You don't think about Thunderdog as being a weapon. Thunderdog is your companion like any other pet that you happen to tame. So the thought of getting rid of Hattie is just, it's like on a personal level, you know? <laughs> It's not it's yeah. not just it's not just a hunk of metal that you're carrying around. It's it's a creature that's been fighting alongside you and it's and your buddy. That's kind of how I feel about talking to my evil knife. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't get that. Oh. And I play a shadow priest. But anyway, Rossi, I don't, I don't sorry. want knife to go away. Uh, one other thing to point out uh, coming up to this fairly soon, actually, is the Darkening of Tristram from last year's Diablo anniversary is coming back. It's going to apparently be a somewhat regular thing that they're going to bring back every year. And um, I think that's awesome because the Darkening of Tristram is basically the original Diablo. It's You go to Diablo 3 and you can do the original Diablo inside Diablo 3. Uh, you know, it's one of my favorite things that they did. Yeah, on the one hand, I was kind of surprised because I thought it was an anniversary-only thing. And then on the other hand, when I thought about it, they put a lot of work into making that happen. Oh, yeah, so, it's a significant chunk of content. Right, so it makes sense that they would bring it back on an annual basis. Which I'm kind of hoping... what they did with uh, South Shore Terran Mill just through PvP brawls. Yeah. I'm actually kind of hoping that this is a, as a sign that they're going to start doing things like that for Diablo because it's very much in the vein of Overwatch and in the vein of WoW with you know the various PvP brawls and stuff. I'd love this idea and I want them to do more. You know, they Blizz, BlizzCon this year I didn't get to do it because obviously I wasn't there, but they had a special BlizzCon only Diablo event, like a yeah a special thing, and I'm hoping that that means in the future we're going to see some stuff for Diablo that's just like short bursts of content like that well the thing that had at blizzcon was essentially challenge rifts but kind of like an off the rails uh bosses just appear randomly challenge rift because the the set of gear and stuff set of gear talents whatever it it was all it was all set you couldn't change any of that but you could pick what class you play yes you could um challenge rifts and challenge rifts you have to do whatever the current it's the weekly class or whatever yeah but as far as like the setup was uh, it was like a challenge rift, but I'd be it totally, was like I'd be totally yeah. happy if they did that. Quite frankly, oh no, I, they... I would too. Um, any stuff like that in general, like utilizing that tech, super cool. But yeah, that's pretty much it for right now in terms of news. Um, so we should move on to emails and Discord questions and so forth. Uh, Anne usually does that for us. Uh, if you have an email for us, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com uh, with either podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line, and you can comment on Discord in the proper channel for that. Uh, Anne, if you don't mind reading them for us. 
Okay, uh, first question here comes from Archmage RC who says, How likely is it that the actions of the new expansion will actually be carried forward into the following expansion? The loss of Teldrassil and Undercity for either faction will be hard, but what are your opinions or thoughts on how that carries forward? With the exception of Cataclysm, most expansion changes stay within the expansion, and there's even been talk that Argus won't stay in the sky at the end of Legion. So do you think this may be a Cata level change which will carry over to future expansions, or do you predict that something will happen towards the end that basically undoes everything. Well, we can't really predict what's going to happen at the end of the expansion that isn't even out yet. However, mm. uh, burning down Teldrassil, it would take a lot of magic to bring that thing back in its entirety. It took a lot of magic to make that thing in the first place, and it wasn't necessarily amazing good magic. Uh, it was more yeah. like nightmare-fueled magic from the... Yeah. On the other hand, we do know that at least one world tree got blown up real good and just grew back. Nordrasil did. So, Nordrasil was also know, blessed by the dragon flights, though. So, yeah. so is this one. Did well, it grow back like, in its entirety, though? Yeah, it's back. You it's not see it. back in its super entirety, because in its heyday, I think that Nordrasil had like cities and stuff on it, just like Teldrassil did. Just like did. Teldrassil, right? Yeah. Um, mm, and it got no. blown no, it sky didn't. high. Um, it, it's been stated from the beginning that Nordrasil was smaller than, than Teldrasil. Teldrasil was where? much bigger. Where? Uh, it's in Chronicle. Is it? They talk about the, the fact that Teldrassil is surprisingly huge. Oh, okay. It's, if you go look at Vordrasil, Vordrasil is much smaller too. Well, um, yeah. Vordrasil didn't exactly get very big before it started tickling the old gods, though. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, their uvulas are sensitive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but at any rate, I don't. Teldrassil, I mean, I don't know. I don't expect it to come back. I don't expect... I feel like these are changes that are so big that they're doing it on purpose. Here's my thought on it. We are entering a stage where phasing and just like server tech has gotten so advanced that these these things can kind of be procedurally generated. So a character starting out at level 10 or 20 or whatever, Teldrassil is going to be there. But once they reach the appropriate level for battle for Azeroth, that's when everything goes down. And then Teldrassil won't be there anymore. Same thing with Argus. Argus won't be in the sky until you hit that stage in Legion, like through Legion leveling. And then once you're over with Legion, maybe it disappears because it's just a skybox. It's just swapping out a skybox. Um, I don't, I don't think that we're going to see any permanent level changes like where you're a level one night elf and you're logging into level for the first time and you're sent someplace very far away because your tree is dead. I don't think that that's going to happen. No, they have even said that, didn't they? Yeah, they said very specifically that characters that started out, you know, they wouldn't actually like see any of that stuff happen until they hit the level at which that happens in the story. So... It's sort of on the road to kind of correcting it a little bit. Um, Cataclysm, they didn't they didn't do that with Cataclysm. And I don't think that they considered that in Cataclysm. Like, I don't think that they really thought about it in Cataclysm. Because what they were essentially doing in Cataclysm was rebuilding the entire world map so that people could fly on it. Uh, the vanilla world map was interesting in that it used a lot of visual trickery. So that things it was looked... so messed up behind the barriers. Yeah, it, it, they used a lot of visual trickery to make things look three-dimensional that weren't actually three-dimensional. And if you went like underneath the city, you could see that there was like, uh, underneath Stormwind even, if you looked up, you could see that like Stormwind Cathedral was just like a series of flat planes. And it was yeah. very cleverly designed for the time that it came out like back in oh, it was very much like a movie set like, yeah have you ever seen yeah. old time movie sets where the entire town right. is just flats that's what it was like uh silver moon is still designed that way which is why you can't fly anywhere in eversong i mean it's an instance area but also uh, silver moon if you've ever gotten on top of silver moon silver moon is st- still set up in that fashion where it looks like a movie set there's like little panes that kind of yeah there was actually a, a bug during uh warlords with the aviana's feather where you could use it outside mm-hmm. of drain our content yeah and people use that to like get out of bounds of silver moon yeah um and it was interesting like just interesting yeah no I, and, that and was the one exodar, of my favorite parts of vanilla yeah the exodar is the same way it's built kind of the same way where it's you know everything is kind of staged a certain way that's why you can't fly in those areas and that's why people are like can we get a revamp on those so we can fly well it's not just a matter of like oh hey revamping click the switch it. and flying yeah you have to actually like rebuild 
the entirety of the terrain. So what they did with Cataclysm was they were focusing on rebuilding the terrain and also building a story around what the expansion was about, which worked great, but it didn't carry very far forward into future yeah. expansions. I think they've I think they've learned mm-hmm. from having done Cataclysm. One of the things that you kind of see is that they've realized in the process of doing the revamp, they A, revamped too much, and B, because they did that, a lot of stuff that people liked was, is now gone. And if they could do it over again, I don't think they would have revamped the world as much as they did. Because but, in the end, you have people who want classic servers so they can get back the world that they've lost. In, in and terms, making it uh, so that if they made Teldrassil gone forever from level one on, people would be furious. They would freak out. People but in want terms to be able to see that. of level 120 and onwards, I don't think they're going to just like story-wise, I don't think they're going to rebuild Teldrassil or Undercity or whatever. Like I think once you get in the point in the story where they're gone, I think they're going to be gone. There's some kind of probably going to be some kind of a shift involved where these are capital cities that maybe aren't utilized as much as the other capital cities are. And that's truthful for both Undercity and for Teldrassil, like Darnassus. Nobody... I mean, I shouldn't say nobody because I go to Darnassus fairly frequently, and the reason that I go there is because there's nobody there. So it's I do the quiet. same with Undercity. It's real quiet. Um, but most people tend to focus when they're going in and they're going into vanilla content. They focus their attention on either being in Stormwind or Ironforge because those two are really closely connected. And on the Kalimdor side of things, most people just focus on being in Orgrimmar. That's it. It's 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 Orgrimmar or nothing. I, I mean, mean you not? could go to like, Thunder Bluff, but Thunder Bluff is kind of out of the way. Orgrimmar is like right there, and both the trolls and the orcs both go there immediately. Silvermoon is still fairly well populated on role-playing servers because a lot goes on over there, but on like regular servers, maybe not so much. It's not... That's why I kind of appreciate what they're doing with Battle for Azeroth because it's almost felt like the Horde has kind of been more situated on Kalimdor, just player-wise. If people are going to be in one of the Horde capital cities, nine times out of ten, it's Orgrimmar. If people are going to be in Alliance capital city, nine times out of ten, it's going to be Stormwind. That's why when you go to like old school Dalaran, where do the portals go to now? You have one for Orgrimmar, you have one for Stormwind. Those are those are the hot spots. you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of what it feels like, to me anyway. But I, you guys, you guys don't ultimately think that they'll be rebuilt at I the end of the expansion, so. right? I don't it think feels so. like this is a lot of work to go through to just say at the end, oh, hey, they're back. Oh, oh by the way, wave yeah. a magic wand. They've been restored. As, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Especially given the uh, Stormwind Park and Orgrimmar Gates, but uh, that's uh, neither yeah. here nor there. Yeah. So to answer that question, I don't think they're going to shift lower levels. Like, I think they'll still be their lower levels like they intended. I don't think they're going to be there beyond 120 until an expansion or two, if that. Probably. Something like that. I don't know. You got anything to add, Rossi? Uh, I'm... I just don't I don't imagine there's going to be a lot of interesting things to see what they do with these zones at 120 and above like in the quote unquote fiction of the expansion are the horde entirely pushed out of of former Lordaeron like are the forsaken kicked out like are they not anywhere or is there and, like a holdout yeah. deep underground somewhere yeah, well, we like, don't what's know. going on um, like an under is, under city. Are there going to be elves still fighting in the in Ashara and in Ashenvale and all that? Are those zones considered to be like horde now? Once past one twenty or like one, I guess one ten would be the level that this all starts at. So from one ten on, are, is Ashenvale now completely emptied of elves? Did the elves leave all their old stuff? Did they leave Feralus? There's lots they might do or might not do, but until we get there, we have no idea. Yeah. And the the more that they do the less likely they're going to undo it. Like, if they empty out Feralus, then it's very unlikely that at the end, the elves are just going to come back. Yeah. It just does not feel like the kind of thing they're going to do. So once we see more, we'll know more. I'm yes. kind of interested in seeing where it goes anyway, regardless. It just it sounds interesting to me. Anyway, okay, next email is from Zach, who's on Scenarius, and says, Hello, I didn't see anything from BlizzCon about the mobile RTS game that Blizzard had a job posting for. I think that was like a rumored job posting that they immediately took down afterwards, correct? Yeah. There was a mobile posting. I don't think it was for Warcraft. It wasn't, was it a mobile RTS or was it just I think a it was a mobile RTS. Okay. I don't think yeah. they specifically okay. said Warcraft. So they, they're saying that they didn't see anything from BlizzCon about the mobile RTS game that Blizzard had a job posting for. Do you think that the Battle for Azeroth companion app will have RTS elements? I think that would be pretty awesome. Thanks, Zach. 
It might be awesome, but Blizzard tends to stick away from making the companion app do too much gameplay for you. Yeah. Like, even the missions that you can do with it are... In that situation, it's not... Quite frankly, the missions already feel like a mobile game, so it's not really... The missions don't require you to actively go do anything. You're just kind of babysitting a system. And you notice you can't do them... If you don't have the resources to do them, you can't do them. And you have to get those resources through gameplay. You can't just have them. So... Uh, if you haven't been playing the game in a while and you haven't built up a stockpile, you can't do missions in the app. So is the is the Battle for Azeroth app going to have RTS elements? I don't think so. But again, I am not an expert here. I, I do not like nobody at Blizzard has told me anything. I'm just this is purely a gut feeling that it's not going to. Uh, my thinking is like what they compared to the RTS is uh, the Warfronts or whatever they're called. And those are like 20 players or something uh it's a 20 player thing it yeah the the closest thing they've compared is not a solo player activity is the point i'm trying to make and companion app would have to be a solar player solo player activity so i don't think that it will i think it would be cool agreed uh if they're going to focus rts mobile elements like their development on that i would rather just do a mobile remake of warcraft 3 i mean i'd rather an hd remake but you know i think just I a still, straight port of Warcraft 3 would work fine for me. I want to see Warcraft 1, 2, and 3 on mobile. Make it happen. I mean, yeah. I'm still I'm still all about that. I, I, I listed that as like a prediction for BlizzCon. I didn't think it was going to happen, and it didn't happen. And I'm not surprised that it didn't happen. But that doesn't mean that I don't still want it, because I do very oh, much. Oh, totally. Um, or, you know, something along those lines. I would like to see that. Will we see it? I don't know. But yeah, we didn't get any clue about what they're working on or anything. Usually with Blizzard stuff like that, they don't make an official announcement until they're ready to make an announcement about it. So whatever it is, it's still in enough of a development aspect that they're not ready to present it to the world as of yet. I think classic servers have been the one exception to that, and that's because there's so been controversy many. about them. And... Well, it was just a lot of people were really adamant about them, yeah. so they wanted to give some kind of word on that. Yeah, yeah, just kind of, to, for lack of a better phrase, to shut people up. Yeah. Akia Warrior in the chat channel says, Pet Battles on mobile, does anyone want that? It might be good. Yes, I do, actually. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> pet Battles is very much a solo activity, though, so yeah, that would make perfect sense. I, I would love to have Pet Battles on mobile. I think that would be great. I wish that we did. I don't know why we don't. <laughs> I, I think part of that is the going out in the world aspect, but I think you could, and I know people probably wouldn't like this as much. No, but, but the, I'm talking about like PvP the P- Pet Battles. Yeah, like I said, the PvP Pet Battles, that part they could put yeah. on mobile easily. Oh, definitely. They or have even the just armory link up. Something to sort your pets outside of game, like. Or give us, give us, um, Azeroth Go. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> give us Azeroth Go, where it's like you go out in the world and there's little battle pets all over the place that you can catch. Well, that's, them. that's coming after Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, they're doing it for Harry Potter. Get Neantic on it. They, they, they could do it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't think their servers could handle. <laughs> I don't know. That. I don't know. Uh. It'd be interesting to see, though. Okay, so uh, next email is from Griff667, who says, What kind of backlash is the Blizzard Watch team expecting when they move forward with removing the distinction of PvE and PvP realms and give everyone everywhere the option to opt out of being ganked, rendering all realms PvE, when essentially the people who seek out that rush of taking out an unsuspecting player will have to hunt down players who, in a sense, are giving consent to be ganked? Oh, um, God, no. Okay. You can't be a jerk to random people. I, Griff, I'm, I'm going to say this. People. Griff, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this as kindly as I possibly can here, so let me think about it for a second. Okay. If you're playing on a PvP server, everybody that's playing on that server with you is pretty much giving consent to be ganked. Like, there is no non-consensual ganking going on on a PvP server. You know what you signed up for when can't you join that server. So whatever rush you're getting off of this, what you're proposing here, it's not real. (laughs) It never has been. What gets me about this, too, is that we know that this isn't going to be a situation where you can just toggle it on and off at will. You have to go into a capital city and do this. It's going to be involved. So people are going to convert to PvP. And they're going to be stuck that way until they come back and turn it off. It's going to be like locking off your XP. It's not a casual thing, and you won't be able to do it while you're out in the world to just get away from getting ganked. So, 
Yeah, it just means that all servers are whatever server you want. You can be a, on a PvP server if you want, or you can be on a PvE server if you want. You just have to make the effort. I, if there's backlash to this, it's confusing to me. I, I think okay if there's backlash, it. and I think there's always backlash to something, I think it'll be short-lived and you know vocal minority style. I, I don't think it's going to be anything lasting or like... Oh my god, the controversial topic this expansion is blah blah blah. I think it's going to be eh, you'll get used to it. It yeah, I don't really see a problem with it because honestly, the the problem that people run into occasionally and the one that I see pop up the most are people who are rolling on a PVP server. They don't want to be there. They don't want to be doing the PVP thing, but that happens to be where all of their friends are established already. So they go I, there because I they want to play with a PVP server for that exact reason. Yeah. So they go there because they want to play with their friends, not necessarily because they want to PVP, but because they want to play with their friends. And an unfortunate side effect of that is that by logging onto that server and creating a character on that server, uh oh, they've signed up for PVP as well. And they've decided, okay, well, you know, it's which one outweighs the other? Do I really, really not want to play on a PvP server to the point where I will abandon all of my friends? Or am I willing to put up with that PvP aspect if it means I get to play with all of my buddies? And most people choose the latter. So that's that's fine. But now these people that have had to make that choice, they have an option where they can play with their buddies, but they don't have to be involved in the PvP thing if they don't want to be. And I'm okay with that. I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with that. And honestly, a lot of times on PvP server, uh, during World Quest and stuff, like I'll pass by groups of people, and we just kind of pass by each other. And it's the moment where you like stare at each other, see what's going to happen. Neither of you attacks, and then you go on about your business. It'll yeah. be like that, except after you make that kind of like unspoken agreement not to attack each other, y- you won't have to, you know, have the rogue pop up out of nowhere and then ruin it and start a whole on war. And keep in mind that I'm not, like, trying to diss PvP servers here, because I have played on PvP servers before. I mean, granted, it was back in Vanilla, so it was quite some time ago, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And the reason I thoroughly enjoyed it is because I knew what I was signing up for. (laughs) Like, I knew what I was getting into when I made a character on that realm. (laughs) I knew knew it, and yeah. As recently as as Mists, I played Mm -hmm. on a PvP server. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was in a raid guild at the time, and I was, you know, raiding with that guild. And I didn't hate it, but I was playing a prot warrior. So one-on-one ganking did not happen to me. No. Nobody could kill me one-on-one. Like, <laughs> you know, if someone comes out of the, you know, Rogue comes out of the wood, stabs me, does some damage, and then I just tank up, and he wastes a lot of time. And, like, I'd stun him and run away and, See, you know, charge in and get victory rush every 30 seconds. So I'd heal back up and he'd stun me and do some damage. And then I'd, you know, shield block or shield wall. And it just kept going and going and like going. It was just like beating on a tin can. See, I played a rogue on a PvP server, like like I said, back on Classic. And I, I loved it because, I mean, with the rogue, you've got so many, oh, my gosh, I need to get away from here right now buttons that it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rogues are fun. But with this, is with, what they are, but I love playing them. <laughs> this change, yeah. I would not have to worry about that anymore. I would just go PvE and play my game the way I want to. And if you want to go into PvP with somebody, there's people who are signed up for it. I, I The idea of you know the, the rush of taking out an unsuspecting player, if that's your thing, cool, I guess. But people are still going to be unsuspecting because they're not going to see you until you hit them because they're not going to be toggled off. If they've toggled on PVP, they're not going to be able to go just turn it off immediately. They're going to have to go somewhere if you're, if they're getting ganked continuously and they're sick of it. So yeah, I don't see a problem here. I just, I mean, there might be a little bit of quiet murmuring about it, but I don't expect it to be anything that's going to be like, those people can deal with it. It's I don't, I don't expect it to be any kind of giant outcry that, 
Blizzard's going to have to be very concerned with or whatever. But okay, let's move on here. Uh, hello, Anne, Matt, Alex, and or Mitch. Well, it's Mitch, so there you go. <laughs> hello. During the BlizzCon edition of the podcast, several members of the panel disliked the continued focus on faction warfare. Would these grievances still apply if the mercenary PvP system was expanded to allow for group queuing with friends of the opposite faction, or are the grievances purely systems-based? Personally, I think it makes sense within the lore to keep that conflict going and benefits the story to have constant to have to constantly enter dubious temporary ceasefires to deal with the next threat to existence. It would be nice to eliminate barriers to grouping, though. And that was from Snow White, who's Horde on Emerald Dream. Speaking of PvP servers, so... So, I don't know what you guys said. Um, I totally have no problem, from a story perspective, with uh, the faction war. Um, so, if there were some kind of mercenary system, like, I would have zero issue with anything. I, as it is right now, like, I don't really hate it. Uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, we're doing the faction war thing again. I'm like, eh, if if Blizzard delivers a good story as a result of it, I don't care. Like, um, but I am one of those people who has friends on both sides and it would be nice to be able to queue with them for like dungeons. I, I don't mythic rating, maybe an exception, because that's I don't know. Um, then you have like all racials involved and people would probably I don't think you can really do mythic rating unless you're doing it with like people on the same server anyway or at least until it's not well i mean even if it's issue. on the same server and like different factions i think that I've, would be i've never I noticed think, it right now the dates pretty mythic rating is the most limited anyway in terms of grouping so i don't see them making it cross-faction anyway. yeah yeah no i i don't either i think like yeah i i don't i don't have an issue with it story-wise i think it would be really cool to expand the mercenary system um and honestly that's been that's been my complaint with the faction stuff and not even and i i get it from blizzard's perspective still like it's not like i'm saying blizzard this is absolutely ridiculous it's more like this would convenience me and playing with friends yeah rossi how do you feel about it uh part of my problem with the faction divide is that the the boring pseudo video game jingoism of for the horde or you know alliance sucks i'm just tired of it i'm just tired alliance of hearing does it. suck though yeah, you see, and that's why you're boring and tiresome. I'm tired of hearing it, and when people parrot it <laughs> back at me again, I'm bored by it. Um, so there's that. No, you are. I, I'm just that much. I'm. I, I'd like to. I'd like to be able to go play my Torn without having to hear it too. I'd like to be able to just play my characters and not have to deal with this. That being said, I don't care if they have it in the story so much as I care that, as an example, I have friends on both factions and I can't play with them. Unless I roll another character on the other, you know, I, one of the reasons I have so many warriors is originally there was no cross grouping at all. None of this existed. You couldn't even talk to your friends in the other faction. That's why I have a billion warriors because I had friends on all these different servers and they were not just on different servers. They were in different factions on the servers. So I ended up rolling yet another warrior so I could hang out with those guys. And I ended up with like 30 warriors like I ser- like this isn't even a joke keep right it, now. Keep no, in mind I, I, back in know it's not a joke. yeah. Keep in mind back in classic, you couldn't even transfer servers. Like where you rolled, that's where your character was. Like you couldn't move that character or do anything with that character back in classic until they introduced the server transfer system, and that was fairly late in vanilla, I think, wasn't it? That they did. That? Uh, I know I transferred servers during Burning Crusades launch because mine was so crowded and they opened yeah. up a, to a brand they, new server. That was when they would open transfers. That that wasn't like it is now where you can buy a transfer to anywhere. Yeah. They would tell you we're going to let you transfer from this server to this server. They had if you're transfers, on, yeah. If you're on this crowded server, you can now get onto this like cuz I my original server uh was Asjul Narab. Mhm. And I was in a like raid guild that was near the top of Asjul Narab, and then they opened up transfers from Asjul Narab and some other server to Norganon, and that's how I ended up on Norganon. I was on Norganon until like the end of Wrath, and that was how we got there. We didn't like there wasn't a situation where we paid for that transfer. We just transferred because everybody did. Like if you were transferring off and you were transferring to Norganon, and so like I have a lot of the characters for that reason. My first horde character, my first Torin was entirely because I had friends who were playing horde side and I wanted to hang out with them. But the only way I could do it was to make a new character. Okay. So getting back to the question at hand here, my point is, would that still apply if the mercenary PVP system was expanded to allow group queuing from both factions? Like it does with I PVP. Would, I would like that. 
I would think that was a good choice. It wouldn't make me not find the faction conflict boring as a narrative device. I don't think it's interesting anymore. I don't think it adds anything to the game. But And one of the things that's interesting about this is one of the things that uh, oh Alex Afrasiabi said was that they've never dealt with the faction conflict before. They've had it, but they've never dealt with it. And, and I've now- said this before. Like yeah. I said this on the last podcast, the, the BlizzCon one that we had was that the reason why I was okay for them taking this route with Battle for Azeroth is because this is a story that's been sidelined in like every expansion. It's something that's going on in the background is, oh yeah, by the way, the Alliance and Horde are still fighting. Meanwhile, all this other really interesting stuff is going on. Even with mists, like, yeah, but even even with mists, I mean, mists brought it a little bit more into focus, but it wasn't really resolved, resolved, right? And yeah, you, well, wasn't you that roll the one into where it was, you you roll sorry bringing back the war. Yeah, but you roll you roll into warlords after we get out of Miss of Pandaria, and the end of Miss of Pandaria was very specific, where it was like, yeah, we fight for home and family, and this is what we're, what's worth fighting for, and da da da. And the Alliance and Horde came together to defeat Garrosh Hellscream, and it looked like everything was simpatico again, right? But then we roll into Warlords of Draenor, and what are we doing? We're fighting on Ashran for some reason that was never fully defined. Like, there's an artifact there that we want, but we don't know what it's for. I mean, they just sort of threw an excuse on an island so that we had an, a cha- an, a, like a reason to go punch each other, and that was it. Yeah. And that's kind of how PvP has been treated. It's been this kind of, like, side thing. So I'm okay with them bringing that front and center as long as we address it and we get some kind of resolution to it that isn't just okay, well, we're all going to hold hands now until the next expansion where we find a reason to punch each other again. Like, we need to do something about this story-wise. And I feel like Battle for Azeroth is a good space to do that in. I'm okay with the story that they're trying to tell. However, that mercenary PvP system, when they first introduced that on Ashran, where they said, okay, if you're Horde, you can queue up and you'll be disguised as Alliance or whatever because it's the mercenary thing, whatever... The first thing I thought was, oh my god, I hope they bring this into the Dungeon Finder for PvE yep. content. Because Same queues, exact thing. Just because of the queues and the length of the queues, that would reduce the link on these queues by like a considerable margin. I don't know why they haven't done it yet, and I wish that they would. Um, I think that would solve a lot of problems. So I don't have a problem with the fa- faction conflict thing in Battle for Azeroth. But I still want the mercenary PvP system to be extended to PvE. Absolutely. Yes. They want people to play with each other. So let them play with each other. Come on. <laughs> Just do it. It's okay, Blizzard. Pull the trigger. We're fine. It'll be okay. I don't know. Rossi, did you have anything to add? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm pretty much... that. I said my, my piece. That's how I feel about it. I don't find that the faction conflict is interesting. So this wouldn't make me okay with it. But it wouldn't be bad either, I think, is a good idea. Just because that way, at least, you can play with your friends. And playing with your friends is the whole point of an MMO. Okay. I want to take one more quick question. um, Because this one actually kind of leads into the same thing as far as, like, people playing games with each other and everything. Because, oh gosh, how do you pronounce this? Aleft Therios had a good question on Discord and said, Is it time for Warcraft to allow playing in all regions with one game account? Or is the subscription system prohibitive of this as different regions have different prices and payment plans? So it's kind of the same thing. In other words, Mm. should people in the U.S. with U.S. accounts be allowed to play with people in Europe and vice versa and da-da-da-da-da? Should everybody just get one account that's worldwide instead of having these regional things? I think I should point out, I do not know if there's any legal or financial reason why they can't do this. So if there is, I don't know it. So uh, Well, I know with competitions and like giveaways and stuff, there's yeah. always like, you know, outside of the U.S. and Canada and Toronto or Ontario, uh, whatever. That There's specific places where you can't, for instance, have a contest. So there could very well be reasons why they don't do this that I don't know. That being said, uh, I've played with Oceanic players for years because they used to have the Australian players on U.S. servers. And they were always they have... on late at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why one of the reasons I always ended up playing with them, because I'm always up late at night. Um, and quite frankly, when they made their own oceanic servers and kind of took those guys away, they sort of ruined my late night playing. It's a lot harder for me to play now because those guys are over on their own servers. I get why they want to be on their own servers because then that way they don't have trans Pacific lag. Uh, I get that. I understand. That was the thing that Wonderbolt 
pointed out yeah, in the chat channel was wouldn't wouldn't latency be huge across the oceans? And yes, it would. Um, I think that's one of the major things is that they want to establish servers in their various regions. Yeah, and that's yeah. I totally understand that, and I you know that could be another reason why not to do it. If this were feasible, though, I'd certainly be okay with it. I think it it'd be fun if I could play with friends of mine over in the you know, the EU. Or friends who I have in, like, you know, like I said, ones I played with in Australia, stuff like that. I think that would be kind of nice. I wouldn't have a problem with it. But, you know, there might be reasons why it's bad that I don't know. Mitch, you got anything to add? Uh, I just, I, I don't, it's it's mostly the feasible aspect of it. Like, I, it would be cool to be able to log on to, like, a European server. And I'm I'm not talking here, like, oh, I can play with my European friends, like, be on an American server and, you know, cross server group however that would work like it would legit be you level up from you know one to the level cap on a european server because it's an entirely different server i think that would be kind of cool uh again though i don't know especially with latency and stuff like that i don't really know if it's feasible um and i also don't play with a ton of european like i don't have a ton of european or australian people that i could play with to begin with so it's less of an issue for me i guess i think it would be cool but i'm more or less indifferent yeah, I think it'd be cool, but I don't know if it's something that they can actually do feasibly, just tech-wise. And legal-wise, too. And, I don't know yeah. if there's anything in place that would... I feel like that actually would be a bigger issue than tech. Laws are different in different parts of the world, and that probably has something to do with it, too. But none of us are lawyers, so we don't know for sure. Good question, though. Anyway, yeah. uh, that wraps us up for questions, and that wraps us up for the show, too. So Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, and everybody listening, thank you guys so much for being here. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. We'll be here next week. 